Thanks for listening to the Jude 3 Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Lisa Fields, the founder of the Jude 3 Project. And today I'm joined by a very special guest, Miss um, Morgan Avery McCoy, which is Hi, a, a, a great friend of mine. Um, and we're on a new series called um, Scandal, How to Get Away with Sexuality. And the reason I titled this scandal, How to Get Away with Sexuality, is because these are taken, the titles are taken, actually taken from two of the shows I watch on Thursday nights. Um, Scandal. Yes, I am a Scandal fan. If you want to judge me, go ahead. Um, And How to Get Away with uh, Murder. And both Shonda Rhimes does an excellent job. Her and her writing team does an excellent job of putting out... um, a good overall show, but I started to notice that there seemed to be underlying agenda in some of the, in some of the episodes. And there seemed to be a lot of, um, just highlighting different, uh, liberated sexual expressions, whether that be adultery, whether that be premarital sex, whether that be, be homosexuality, it's just this whole idea of a liberated sexual expression. I go with what I feel and kind of highlighting what I feel is right. So in, in Scandal, Olivia and Fitz, because they feel a certain way, that overrides the covenant of of marriage that Fitz has with Millie. And um, you see that with um, in How to Get Away with Murder, um Annalise Keating I think that's her name um she's having an affair with her husband who's well now he's dead but you have to watch the show to understand how and then there's (laughs) and then there's the president in um the president's chief of staff in scandal um uh I watched the show I I'm I know I'm Cyrus Bean Cyrus Bean um, who is um, a homosexual man and he's married now to a prostitute. He was married to somebody else who he called the love of his life. And so there's this and there's also another character in How to Get Away with Murder who's um, a homosexual male. And so it seems to be that there is a push. And even in um, Lee Daniels new show Empire, there's a guy who's the one of the sons. I don't really watch that show. Um, that's why I didn't include that in the title. Um, <laughs> but there's, there's a character who's gay. The son is gay and he has this whole thing where he's like, don't judge me. If I, I did see that show, don't judge me if I sin differently than you. Then there's a scene with a gospel song and they're having him and his lover are having sex. It's just weird. And so I started to talk to Morgan about it because she's an actress and she also is a former professor and she is brilliant and knows a lot about theater and film. And that's her specialty about this. And um, I thought it'd be cool to have her on the show to open up this series. Um, we're going to talk to um, different people and get some different perspectives on. We're going to focus on homosexuality and talk about, you know, different people's perspectives, um, whether it's whether it's um biblical um is it 
something that we've misunderstood in the scripture. We're going to ask all those questions and how best should we deal with um, homosexuals in the church community or people in general who just um, embrace a liberated sexual expression. Um, so, but first we want to start with Morgan and how it affects us in culture and film. So Morgan, introduce yourself and give us a little bit of background about you, your educational credentials and just who you are. Well, first, thank you, Lisa, so much for having me on the podcast. Really honored and you're welcome. Um, excited about what you're doing. Um, as you mentioned, I'm an actress. I have a degree in theater from Hampton University and a master's in communications with emphasis on film producing from Regent University. And so um, I am. I love acting, but I also love the art of storytelling. And what I have noticed is kind of like you mentioned that when you tell a story, um, most people put their spin on things and there always is an underlying meaning. Um, and so I really was excited. I'm always excited to talk to you about this specific topic because it kind of gets me on my own personal soapbox and how, you know, media influences a culture. Um, but I love what I do. I love to tell stories. I love to encourage people. Um, and I'm really honored to work in this particular field um, because I feel like you get a lot of opportunities to influence people. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's kind of I'm touring two one woman shows right now and working on a, a my second book in a film concept. So I'm excited about getting that story out. But um, one thing that I learned at Regent during the communications program is that media not only reflects a culture, which I think a lot of times people focus on like well media the tv show or this movie just showing what already is but media also dictates to a culture so it'll tell you what to think what's in what's not in what's acceptable what's not acceptable um and so because of that media is just a tool and and so the powers that be depending on who has the tool then their agenda will be pushed um but a lot of people sometimes negate that and feel like oh the media is just showing us what the culture wants or giving the culture what they want but I um, just did some some research when my I did a proposal on sex in the media that was actually my my thesis prospectus project for grad school mm -hmm. and um, even just looking at that how when you look at Walt Disney when he came out with the movie Bambi the 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 deer industry just suffered a great the hunting deer industry suffered a great deal from that one movie went from like 5.5 .5 million to 1 million because of that film wow you know so yeah so it's um it just like that caused such a drastic um change within that particular business industry from a film how much more a film can affect how somebody views sexuality um, how a teenager views sexuality, an adult views sexuality, just from a movie or from a TV show, especially if it's a TV show because you're watching it on a consistent basis. Um, so it definitely is powerful. Always says to this rebuttal when we have this talk that art depicts life. Um, mm -hmm. But I think what you're saying is that the culture actually kind of can, the art can actually shift life in a certain direction. Absolutely. So it's not that art just depicts life. It's that art uh, dictates the direction of life. Absolutely. Yeah. Artists and media as a whole, they have such a strong impact on a culture and on what people think. 
And that's not just something that, you know, Christians believe that even if you look at the LGBT community and their organization, GLAAD is G-L-A-A-D. The whole concept is utilizing media as a means to to push or advance LGBT agenda. So they recognize, you know, the power in um, in the media. So and, and utilizing it as a way to um, shift people's mindsets. So do you think that um, they have they have a specific goal in film to push this agenda? Yes, I do. And what would what evidence is there to show that to support that? The, the, basically, the mission of GLAD is to utilize media as a means to shape and shift the world's perspective of the LGBT community. That's the whole the concept of why it exists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like, and I'm and, I'm, and I, as an artist, as a writer, as a storyteller, the, the you of course want to tell a quality story. So I'm not negating that. I'm not saying that you know they're just trying. That's the sole purpose. Of course, in film, you want to tell a, a good story. But what glad this particular organization they monitor these networks and they rate them. So, you know, CBS back in 2009 had a failing rating because they didn't have enough representation or positive representation of the LGBT community. And in these networks, because they want to get the approval of this particular community, of the GLAAD organization, and, and at the end of the day, for a lot of networks, it all boils down to money. You know what I mean? And so if their money is going to be affected, then they're going to do whatever they need to do to get a better rating. And so from fast forward from 2009 to now, CBS's rating is in a good standing because they've incorporated, you know, more LGBT representation Mm -hmm. in the network. So so they actually kind of will rate the networks um, and then in a sense, if they don't have a good rating, kind of force their hand. Um, And so it's it's essentially it's becoming required for you to right the couples in right is that what you're saying absolutely yeah so my question is could should there be a balance though because obviously homosexual homosexuality is becoming more and more prevalent in our society everybody wants to see their representation so i'm i'm gonna play devil's advocate the 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 person on the would say well we make the same argument about African Americans mm-hmm. um, kind of putting race and sexuality on the same playing field when we don't see enough black people in shows we are offended um, because there's not a representation of us so in every show there's at least one token black person um, <laughs> except friends there was never one never um, but I till the end <laughs> at the end they had one for a moment but yeah. oh yeah the girl yeah. um but there's is that the same would you say that's the same well i think that the argument is the same but they're having a much more wider impact than those who are protesting that african americans aren't represented or represented in a positive light because if you look at it you know three percent of american population a part of the LGBT community versus the percentage of African Americans in our society. And right now, the stats are there's more LGBT representation now 
than there are African Americans. And even that's a an issue in the LGBT community that they're still pushing how they're when you're looking at promoting um this particular community in the media, there's a lack of African American representation even within that community. So that's an argument. That's still something that um people are dealing with. So, so oh, go, I'm sorry. go ahead, finish your thought. So my thing is is that I'm not I think it's why it's smart. If you want to push an agenda, if you want to promote yourself, then utilizing the media is the best thing to do because people media changes lives, media changes people's perspectives. My only concern is that I feel like that there isn't a balance in reference to um, Christians are not promoted. Christians are looked at negatively through the media. When you see a television show, rarely do you see somebody that's a Christian. And if you do see them in there, echoed as somebody that's judgmental, they're hypocritical, they are sheltered, they live in a Christian bubble. It's always somebody that is looked at as negative versus, mm-hmm. you know, having I don't you know, having a council of saying, Okay, we need to represent the Christian community in a positive light. So it is more balanced. Um, because it, it's only it seems just very much one sided. So I think that what Glad is doing it makes sense for them. It makes sense. And I did find it on the website. The concept is leading the conversation, shaping the media narrative. And it's shaping the media narrative, changing the culture. That's their work. That's mm-hmm. the, it's to shape. That's mm-hmm. the concept. Um, and they're doing a really good job at it. But I feel like we as believers aren't doing a good job. And we're not represented. I, um, I think about... Um... What something my mom told me a long time ago, she said, notice how the media um, makes us root for sin. Yeah. So um, she said, like, take she pointed out my favorite movie. One of my favorite movies is Brown Sugar. I, have yes. you seen that film? I love that movie. Yeah. But we're all together. Yeah, yeah. You're all you're pushing right. for Sanaa and Tay to be together without yeah. realizing Tay's made a commitment to his wife um and that's a covenant and in and to god that's that's a a a great covenant one of the greatest uh covenants you can make outside of your relationship with him um and the first um thing he established um was the covenant of marriage in the garden between adam and eve um so it's kind of it, but so we're rooting for Sana and Tay. We're rooting for an adulterous relationship. We don't even think, oh, he just committed adultery. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, oh, they're Fair finally love. together. Yeah. yeah exactly. And the feeling of love, mm-hmm. um, uh, or, you know, we, we're rooting for sin. So we've been rooting for sin for a long time. So now <laughs> that sexuality is I mean, homosexuality is presented. I think we're more cognizant of it um, because it's not um, it's not the the average person's struggle. Right. And so when you see it and and a lot of people still have a, 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 a you know, a hellfire and brimstone mm-hmm. uh, mentality towards homosexuality. So it automatically raises flags. But we've been, you know, champion for um, a liberated sexual expression 
you know, nobody's bothered by pre premarital sex because we have an 80 yeah Yeah. and then even in the church we have a a, i think it's 80 percent of single people in the church are engaged in premarital sex so it's the norm and so but is it the sense that maybe the media maybe 40 years ago integrating um, cause I remember they, they didn't even men and women on TV couldn't even be in the same bed. Same bed. Yeah. Um, was it, I love Lucy. They're yeah. in separate beds. Mm-hmm. Ricky and Lucy are in the separate beds, but when it right. became normal in media, it became normal in the world. It was no longer taboo. Right. And now it's no longer taboo in the world and it's no longer taboo in the church as well. Right. So when the media sanctioned it, right. It seemed like the culture followed. That's exactly right. I agree. Because the media really impacted the sexual revolution. Um, With with TV shows like All in the Family, that television show was the first one that really hit on like taboo topics and um, topics of sex and and things of that nature. And even advertisers were looking for a younger demographic. And the whole concept of sex sales really became popular during that time. And so it was like, oh, well, it worked for this sitcom. Maybe it'll work for another one. And again, it really, for a lot of uh, these companies, these networks, it's really about the money. And so um, there was just a willingness to venture into the sex revolution and sex liberation because it profited them a great deal. And not just with television, with movies, too, and all forms of media, with magazines, newspapers. Um, I did a, a study on even just with the birth control pill and the it was available in like the 1940s or 19, early 1950s but until it was advertised in magazines and through commercials then it really revolutionized people's concept of it so media is really powerful and really did trigger the sexual revolution or made it more popular mm-hmm. and, and that's kind of where we went from separate beds and I love Lucy to everything goes in every other <laughs> and I think what you see um as it's being it becomes and what glad is doing because they know that if you see it it becomes and you see it enough it normalizes it, it. it, it normalizes it mm-hmm. and then it makes you curious right that's true and then people because the enemy always uses uh it's the lust of the the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride, the of, pride life. of life. Yeah. What you see before you constantly, that's why pornography is so huge. Mm-hmm. It tempts you. And, and, and people who study people who are addicted to pornography even tell you that it, it, it messes up your mind because you're mm-hmm. constantly looking at those images right. and you compare the images to the people in real life. Mm-hmm. And then no longer are you just seeing it. Then you want to act out what you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So just like that, continuing to watch these relationships will spark in the minds of especially young people who are more impressionable, the curiosity. Hmm. Well, you know, why don't I try that? Right. And that's how the enemy ensnares us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think we have to be more mindful just as as Christians and encouraging each other and especially those that are younger than us to not look at it like, oh, it's just a TV show. Oh, it's just a movie. But just being aware. That's what I always tell the youth um, that I speak to. I'm not telling you like to get rid of all of your 
secular CDs, although that would be what I prefer, but what I am saying is just be aware of the message that's being shared, you know, because sometimes, you know, the big thing with entertainment is that you are, it's educating you, but you're not even realizing that you're being educated. And that's the danger of it because the beat is hot or the television show is funny, you know, the movie has a really cute guy in it. And so you're missing all of the messages that they're pouring into us. And if your eyes aren't open, then you're going to begin thinking about things that you hadn't even thought about before. But if at least I feel like at least if we're aware of the fact like, oh, you know, let me see what messages they're trying to tell me. Then it kind of will help our guards stay up a little bit, Mm -hmm. um, at least. Yeah, because the enemy is subtle and he'll try to sneak Mm -hmm. things in there. Um, So um, what would be your your thought or when you, what would you want people to take away from this talk I would want people to be mindful you know like I just said about what they're watching um, there's some shows that I liked and for a season I stopped watching Scandal uh-huh. I know you got on me about watching it yeah, you made me feel bad <laughs> now that I feel bad I try not to tell you that I still watch that it you though still watch it yeah. So I feel like it's really gotten better, <laughs> though. Like, it's not as the, the episodes that I've seen haven't been as, you know, sexually explicit as like the second and third season. But uh, maybe I just missed some of those episodes. So but for, for me, I just was like, this is like too much, you know. And so I just had to make a decision that, OK, I'm not going to support this. And there's some shows that. I like the actors, I like the storylines, but I know that my ratings equates money, which equates a continuation of this type of content. So at least the least I can do is make a decision to not support it. So that's something that you can, you know, that can be done. But I also I'm hoping that there'll be like a writer that's listening. There'll be an actor that's listening, a director that's listening, because just as you know, the sexual revolution was promoted through the media, just as glad is utilizing the media to promote their agenda. How much more we as Christians, we have stories that we can tell, you know, and I'm not coming against anybody from telling their stories. I think that it's smart, you know, what glad is doing that makes sense, you know, (laughs) Um, to be honest. So, you know, we as believers, though, God is a creator and he as a creator can definitely give us creative content that will capture people's attention and that will echo the message of Christ and show Christians in a positive light, you know, where you can show two people who are abstaining from having sex before marriage. So then at least, you know, a teenager, when they, they can have an option to look at this show or another show, and at that other show, they see that there's somebody like them that's waiting, you know, and I think that's a, a problem that everybody feels like because what they see on TV Everybody's drinking. Everybody's having sex. This is what everybody's doing. But that's not everybody. But we have to tell the stories of the others. You know, we have to tell the stories of people who are abstaining, who are living, you know, for the Lord and have an understanding of holiness and show the struggle. Be real. I'm not saying be fake about it. Like there's no temptation. Tell real, authentic stories. Because I think that's what people want to see. They want to see us as believers, you know, and who we really are, you know, not these judgmental people who are casting stones at everybody that's not who we are as christians nor that's not how we should be at least so showing love you know and showing grace the grace of god and us working through things like show that element of christianity because the christians that i see shown on television don't represent me and definitely don't represent my friends and so if there are any writers 
out here, producers out here, you know, be the next um, Steven Spielberg, you know what I mean, and direct a film that will adequately encourage people and share the love of God and represent the Christian community. As an actress, do you think that it's hard, you know, because there's a lack or do you have you ever had to play a role where you felt was compromising your Christian values? Um, yes and yes. So, yes, I feel like as an actress, it's hard because there are not um, as many Christian roles out there. It's difficult, especially as an African-American actress, because there are a lot of Christian films, but most of them do not incorporate um someone like me you know what I mean so that's difficult um which is why I would really encourage people to create content and the reason why I write as well because I just realized that the stories that I want to see told maybe I'm to tell them mm-hmm. uh, so that's that's one thing and yes I have been in situations where I felt like I shouldn't have done a role um and I I wish I had done something differently. But since then, I've turned down roles, you know, that have been offered to me that paid really well, great exposure, but it didn't line up with my my belief system. And, I, and at the end of the day, I know that when I'm not playing whatever character, I'm still Morgan and I'm still representing Christ. And so even though I know God might be like, oh, you know, of course, the Lord is a forgiving God, but still the testament of who I am in him. I didn't, I care more about that than a level of, okay, this is a stepping stone for my career. Cause there was a couple of, you know, projects that I was offered. They were like vampire films. And it just doesn't line up with something that I want to do. I was offered a role as a lesbian, didn't line up with something that I wanted to do. And so I think every actor, you know, you have to have your line of like, this is what I'm willing to do. This is what I'm not willing to do and be okay with it. You know, be okay with saying no. And um, I just had to be okay with with saying no and and for because I just felt like it was more important for me to stick with what my beliefs were. So. Well, thank you, Morgan. That's a powerful testimony. And it is a pleasure to know you. Um, You've been a tremendous help in my life and a tremendous blessing. And I know God is going to take you far in your film career and you um, you live what you you preach. So I'm thankful for that. Um, this has been an excellent intro to what we're going to be doing, um, with the Jude three project for this series and how we're going to be talking about scandal, how to get away with sexuality and dealing with a liberated sexual expression in, in the media, um, and show that the media is trying to push an agenda on us. And I mean, that's smart as Morgan was saying, But as believers, we need to be aware of that and we need to be able to push our own content in the media to kind of counter the message that the media is feeding um, us and feeding the culture. If we want to change the tide of the culture, we have to engage the culture and also produce quality content in the culture to um, give the message or shape the culture in the direction we want to shape it as. Um, as Morgan said, GLAD is already on a mission to shape the culture, um, to be more accepting and normalize a liberated sexual expression um, with the emphasis on homosexuality. And as believers, we need to be um, doing the same. And the best way to do that is through media and also through our everyday lives. And um, Gandhi said, I like your Christ, but don't like your Christians. It's a testament to sometimes we don't live what we preach. So 
we need to shape the culture in the we need to shape the culture and we need to shape the culture's perception of Christians in the media, but we also need to shape the culture's perception of Christians with our everyday lives and the way we treat people and that we should love them no matter if they're gay or straight, black or white, purple or orange, whatever. We need to learn to love people and we're going to be dealing with homosexuality, but that's such a sensitive topic. I have friends, I have friends that struggle with that. And one of the things that they always tell me is that they hate when people don't address this matter with a sensitive nature and they hate that they throw stones and they're so harsh when it's just like any other sin. So we want to deal with it sensitively. Next week we have Preston Pear. Preston Sprinkle, I'm sorry, Preston Sprinkle, Dr. Preston Sprinkle on, he is um, a vice president of a Bible college and a professor. He has his PhD um, and he will be discussing is homosexuality a sin biblically and how can we defend that and how to sensitively discuss um, homosexuality and what the Christian response should be. So until next week, this has been another Jude 3 Project podcast. Remember to check us out at www.jude3project.com. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Jude 3 Project. Find us on Twitter at Jude 3 Project, on Instagram at Jude 3 Project, and on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Jude 3 Project.